0: Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we acknowledge your greatness. We acknowledge your sovereignty. And as we read the passages that we have just read through John's revelation through Christ, and we read that you are in control of all things, we, we absolutely are understanding this as we read the text. And in the context of the text and how it was written, that we rest in scripture alone and not our own ideology, but we rest in what the text is teaching us. So today as we understand and we delve into your word, let it strengthen us, let it nourish our soul, let us keep us in discipline, let us focus solely on what you have given us in our assignment, which is to proclaim the gospel of our King. The Lamb, the Lord of Lords, we give you the glory and the honor for today on this wonderful October 21st morning. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Marriages, one of the things that you young people are here today, we, we, we know that one day you will be married, but we pray that you are making sound decisions when that time comes. You are too never be unequally yoked but you are to be with another believer that is the way God has designed it you are in Christ therefore your future husband or wife should be in Christ that's how it's supposed to go it's not supposed to go any other way other than that because when you don't go that way then you will present yourself with multiple problems you believe, they don't believe you need to go to church they don't want to go to church you want to read they want to read something else so you have this conflict and and when i read this we're going to read about the great prostitute and for those of you that were here last week you understood what this prostitute was symbolic of this adornment this allurement this attraction that the enemy uses to lure people away from god that's why i asked you as a christian you being a believer. What is it that stirs your affections for Jesus, but what is it that robs you of those affections, that keeps you from worshiping God, that keeps you from his word, that keeps you out of church, that keeps you out of the fellowship with your brothers? What is it? But what is it, and I want you to remember this, that stirs your affections for Jesus? And what is it? So this allurement, this System, this, this way of the world and its, and it's beauty and it's, and its adornment and its attraction. It pulls people away from the things of God where the beast wants to be worshipped. He, he wants your worship, but when he doesn't get your full worship, you're going to see what happens here in Scripture, what he does to the one, to the system that he put in place to begin with, what he does to it. Why I love to talk about marriage is because marriages are beautiful these these christ-like marriages between man and woman is a beautiful thing and when you are in christ like that you have a marriage that's of christ the enemy will come at you to try to rip that marriage apart and so you have this 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 false system that's putting in place where it's okay to be divorced. It's okay to say, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to separate from you. It's okay when you go through these problems that you'll just eject and quit. I'm going to start all over with somebody else. But it's not the way it's supposed to be. God, God hates divorce. And so when I see um, yesterday, my brother and I, I, I was talking about Ace's uh, elevation to to his, when he graduated, where he goes now and where he does with his studies and being uh, a psychologist and and getting the degree in that i too like analyze and look and i and i've noticed um george and cynthia's marriage and i and i see their marriage and i see how they work together how they're in unison with one another and how they have this certain look they just they just gotta look at you and know what they're thinking already do you want to get that in your life in your marriage where you want to say it ain't gotta be a bad look it's just got to be that look like, you know that I know that I know what you need to do. Go ahead and do it. And so I see that there. And so can you imagine the warfare that they were going through to put on that event? And the thing that was going on. And, and I'm, I, try to, I try to think about those very things. And when you aren't ready and you aren't prayed up and you aren't in God's word, then you are blind to see the, the, what the enemy is trying to do to your life. Now, with the attraction of the world and the beauty of the world, and we we understand who this prostitute is, I want you to understand that we are the bride of Christ. We are the bride of Christ. We belong to Christ. Christ being the bridegroom and we being the bride, we are in Christ. Christ is faithful. He chose us before the foundation of the world. But I want you guys to to see this and how, how does this happen? What do you mean he chose me before the foundation of the world? I mean, I wasn't born, I wasn't even a thought, but yet I'm already written in the Lamb's book of life. How could this be? But I want to show you something here in Revelation and I want you to study it. Don't just take my word for it. I want you to go back and read it for yourself. We're talking about Revelation 17. John gets a revelation from Jesus, the words of Jesus, and he's, and he's using angel visitations and he's showing visions and he says this one thing right here. And I want, you to, I want you to go with me to 17 and 8 where I'm going to begin. In 17 and 8, I want you to follow along with me here. And if you if you're not following why well, you won't understand what I'm what I'm trying to tell you here. In Revelation 17, and Revelation 17:8, it says this: "The beast, meaning the devil. The devil is the beast. Okay, he's the beast that you saw was and is not, and is about to rise from the bottomless pit. Okay, what is he? What does that mean here? Everything that you see evil, this great prostitute, this system, which I, I will equate to like um, Hollywood actors, uh, rappers, and singers, and they all sell out for big deals. Movie actors they sell out for big deals. They do all these things. They have to do certain rituals in order to get involved in the business to begin with you can get in as an extra you can get in and drop a single and get in but the further you go you're going to have to perform some rituals to stay in the business to make that million dollars to make that 20 million dollar plateau so there's things that you got to do There's things that you got to do. So this great prostitute where it comes from the bottomless pit, meaning the beast, all of his actions, his ideas to destroy humans, to destroy, to take them with him so that they will burn like him. All of this is a byproduct of that. That's why he comes from the bottomless pit and go to destruction as I continue. And it says, and the dwellers on earth, I want you to say dwellers dwellers on earth. These are the people that live on earth, that love the earth, that love life they, they, they love everything that they doing. they love the world they love everything about it it says this the dwellers on earth whose names have not been written in the book of life from where? from the foundation of the world so when you take new members you understand that it's, it's, it's something that you need to understand about the providence of God that God is in total control of everything he chooses some and some he doesn't. And they're still responsible because humans, us, we are sinful people. Sinful by nature. And, and we reject God all the time. We turn from God all the time. We don't want to be talked to about what God says and we should do. We want to reject that way of living because we want to do what we want to do. And we want to make up a certain God in our life that's suitable for us. And I was, at, I was, I was talking about uh, a brother who was at recently at a, at a funeral and we were talking about, I was hearing him give his message about, about God, and he said there was something that happened, and, and because this thing had happened, that God couldn't have been in control of that. Um, he probably didn't know about it, So, and if he did, I don't think I want to serve a God like that. That's not the God I serve. When, when you say things like that, then you are making up a God of your own liking. You're making up a God that you're not understanding who was in the Bible. That's why it's important for you to read the Old Testament about the character of God and that you read about the New Testament about what God does to reconcile man to himself. So Christ does this. Christ gets you, changes your life, brings you into the family to eventually take you to the Father and give you to the Father. And that is a beautiful picture i want you to get that vision you christ gets you in all the things that you've done everything that you've ever done in your life drugs all kind of violence whatever it is it's been wiped away your slate's wiped clean your sin that's been paid and christ brings you to himself and then he takes you before his father so that you are in his presence for everlasting and everlasting that is the eternal state so just like when young people date or when a young man dates a young woman and and the dad is a Christian. The dad is a believer. Now, what does he expect? He expects his daughter to bring that gentleman up to him to meet him. And if he doesn't like him, well, then you better just you better pray about it. You better pray about it. it's yeah. the first thing he's going to say is, Well, what are the Ten Commandments? I'll tell you what, I don't have a daughter, but if I had a daughter and they brought a boyfriend over to me and that boyfriend wasn't a believer, I'm going to say, what you doing? He ain't part of it. That's not going to happen. That's not going to go down like that. You don't understand what you're getting into. You're getting involved with an unbeliever. You're going to be unequally yoked. Why? Because we believe what the authority of the Bible teaches us. So just like that same vision where you bring in somebody to meet the Father and the Father looks and says, I didn't choose him. I didn't choose him. And yet, even when that happens, they still want to be together. Right. To maybe change somebody. Maybe I can change the father's mind. Maybe I can change his mind. But the Bible says here, when in terms of salvation, it's almost the same thing. That God has chosen those whom he'll save and those of whom he'll reject. It's written here. Study it for yourself. Read it it's the providence of god it's the doctrine of a providential election he, he decides to do this let's read it again verse 8 the beast that you saw was and is not this is a this is the enemy trying to substitute who god is because we know god was jesus was and is and is to come again here john describes the beast as this substitute and is about to rise from destruction And it says, right, for destruction, about to rise from the bottomless pit. And it says this, And the dwellers on earth whose names have not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world will marvel to see the beast because it was and it's not and it's to come. This calls for a mind with wisdom. That's why it's very important for you to get this, for you to proclaim the gospel to your family. You love your family? Preach to them. Pray with them. Teach them about who Christ is. Teach them that they need the Lord, who they are, and, and, and their situation, and why they are in need of a Savior. Especially these holidays, when they're coming up, you're going to be thrust, sitting next to someone who don't believe. Amen. Share the good news of the gospel with them. Because as we read in Revelation, that there'll be multitudes of different tribes, nations, and languages who we can't even number who God is going to save. Right. And a lot of them are your family members you need to minister to. And share the gospel with but there's a whole lot of people that reject God that don't want God that will do everything they can to blaspheme God who have taken the mark they can not buy they can't sell they can't do anything without it now let me tell you something how how this plays into today people who are in the music industry when when they don't play they don't do what they've called them to do and perform these sexual rituals If they don't do this then they are kicked out of the business They can't buy, they can't sell, they can't do any of that. Now it goes back to Revelation 1 when I told you about the church of Thyatira. The church of Thyatira there had people who were part of the trade guilds. These were welders, these were doctors, these were people in in, in metals and precious metals and all this type of business. They could not buy, sell, or trade or get involved in it unless they became part of the trade guilds, unless they became part of them and they took part of their rituals which made them perform sexual immorality inside the temple and they couldn't do it and if they didn't do it then you ain't a part of the trade guilds. That's why a lot of doctors, that's why a lot of people became slaves because they weren't going to sell out to that. They'd rather go work for a family. Just like a dentist or a doctor said, I'd rather go work for a family and and, and you guys feed me. You guys take care of my house because I don't want to be a part of the trade guilds. I'll work for you. I'll do what I need to do for you because I'm not going to sell out. I'm not going to compromise. I'm in Christ. I will not work for the trade guilds. Does that make sense? Because there's secret societies, even to this very day, that try to make you get involved in what they want you to get involved with. And if you don't, you ain't going to make serious money. You won't get that contract. So everybody that you see on TV, yeah, they sold out. Especially if they make millions and millions and millions of dollars, they have to perform rituals to stay in the business. It's the same system that was back then in the churches. It's the same system that's alive today in Hollywood. It's the same system that's going on in New York. It's the same system that goes on in London. It's the same thing. Nothing's changed. It's still the same thing, but people are selling out because it looks so good. Now, I don't know how many of you are excited about the lottery being almost, what, $2 billion or whatever it is. All those people that covet that bundle of money as if they're going to take that money and they're going to do great things with it. But, but if they take that money and they win it, How many times have I heard Christians say that? I'm going to bless my own people. If they say, I'm going to take that money, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that with it. You have no idea what that type of money will do to you personally. What it will do to you personally. Well, Pastor, wait a minute. I'm going to, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. We're already doing it. We're already winning souls. We're already preaching the gospel. Somebody texted me and said, the wealth of the wicked will be transferred to God's people. I said... We don't need the wealth of the wicked to be transferred. Against. Everything belongs to God already. Yeah. And we're just obedient and doing what God has called us to do is to preach, to teach, and to proclaim the good news of the gospel. Whether my budget's $50 or it's 50000 it don't matter. We still do the same thing. So you can play the Powerball in hopes to win. And if you win, you don't forget to Tithe. Or you can do what I called you to do and tell you what God called you to do. And that is to be obedient with what he's already given you. Enough. That's enough for you. It's already enough for you. But when you want more and you want more, you are then falling into idolatry. You are then falling into coveting. And that's point blank. That's the truth. So all the people that want to win that bundle of money are coveting. They're coveting something that doesn't belong to them. And you bought a bunch of tickets. And that's just the way it is. That's the system of the world. It looks beautiful. And you know it looks beautiful. Them digits, them commas, that looks wonderful to you. It's beautiful. It's like you marvel at this thing. That's what John saw this woman. He marveled at this woman. And said, my gosh, this woman looks amazing. But she was all wrong for him. She was all wrong for him. And that's what a lot of us as Christians fall into. We get tempted. We are tempted by the enemy because it looks so good. But yet, it's all wrong. It's all wrong. Let's continue. Let's go to 11. Verse 11. As for the beast that was and is not, it is an eighth, but it belongs to the seven, and it goes to destruction. In other words, the enemy is gathering countries together to rebel against God's people enemy already has a bunch of countries and people in it every tribe nations and tongues who already rebelling against god's people remember this war is against the church this beast wants to destroy christianity he wants to destroy the church and so this beast is very smart and so he he raises up people in popular culture that you will then idolize and you want to be like so he raises actors he raises up singers. He raises up all these people in the world that the young people today think looks beautiful and attractive. And they want that life. They want that car. They want to go on that trip. They want to do all these things. But yet they become worship. They become idols of worship, which pulls you away from the things of God. But if I tell you, one, if I tell you this, that God is the creator of all things, can I get an amen? amen. That means it's true. He is the creator of all things. He is. He's the creator of all things. He created the, everything that you see. It's, when you go outside, it's called general revelation. You look outside and you see God's beauty and his creation. The cars, he creates them. He does all this. He gives the human mind the wisdom to create these things. All things are created by God. And all those things that are created aren't bad. You know a lot of you want a brand new car. Is that a wrong thing to want? It's not. Is it a wrong thing to want a five-bedroom house or a ten-bedroom house? Is it wrong? (laughs) No, it's not. It's okay. It's, it's It's not wrong. Let me tell you why. Because what the enemy does, he makes it look good. He makes it look good that you get the house and you forget about God. All of a sudden, you worship in your house. You're doing all this wickedness in your house, and you forgot the one who created the house and made you the house. And that, it becomes an idol. And it takes you away from the things of God. See, you you have to understand, there's beautiful, wonderful things in the world that God created. But people are worshipping his creation and not worshipping the creator. That becomes an idol. There's nothing wrong with having a house by the seaside, by the ocean. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I'll be the first one to tell you I'm gone as soon as God calls me to San Diego. I'm gone. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if I don't do what God has called me to do when I'm in San Diego, what happens? I'm worshiping the the creation and not the creator. I'm out of God's will. God creates beautiful things. And that's why we're going to talk about this part here. And the thing that he created for man and woman and for marriages is sex. And sex is a beautiful thing. But the enemy takes it and turns it around and makes it an ugly thing. Makes it a a thing of, of worship. It becomes, a war, it becomes a bad thing. But that was created for man and woman who are married to enjoy because that is a beautiful thing. Yes, amen. But the enemy, what does he do? He puts a substitute there. He tries to put a prostitute there. But Jesus is faithful. So us as the bride of Christ, we are to be faithful to Jesus instead of prostituting, instead of cheating and committing adultery against God and that's what the Christian life and Christians who are suffering who don't hear the truth of God's word that they do this very thing they commit adultery against God they did it in history, historically they did it through Revelation 1 with all those churches they're doing it in, they did it in the 15th century they're doing it now here people that rebel against God and they commit adultery against God what's an adulterous person against God is someone that worships something other than God yep. and so people do worship sex They do worship. That's why the biggest attack on marriages is pornography. And all the stuff that comes with that, because that's what the enemy's doing. He's waging war against the young people. He's waging war against strong marriages. He's waging war, and unless you know what he's doing and how he's doing it, you won't be able to defeat what the enemy's trying to do. But when you see him coming... And those of you who are strong in Lord, you see the enemy coming. You see what he's trying to do to you. And when you see what he's trying to do to you, you take a stand for righteousness. And you understand what God is and we understand who we are and the power that he gives us because of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And so I thank God. So I'm asking you again, what is it that stirs your affections for Jesus? But what is it that robs you of it? What is it that robs you of it? But watch what the enemy does to the prostitute. Let's go down to 15. I'm sorry, 14. These are of one mind. And they hand over their power and authority to the beast. Meaning all the nations that rebel against God. They exist to this very day. They are in line with the enemy. They worship Satan. Remember, it's either worship, bow, or you die. It's either you take the mark or you die. That's it. Then it says this. They will make war on the lamb. Are they... Oh, what are they thinking? What are they thinking? And the Lamb will conquer them. For he is Lord of lords and King of kings. And those with him are called what? Chosen and faithful. Now, when you know you've been chosen, it just does something to your worship. You sit in these chairs knowing that God chose you, he elected you, he said, You will be with me for all of eternity. And then we have those that are on the outside that don't care. They don't care. And they want to go to war against God. And this is what the beast does. And verse 15 says this, And the angel said to me, remember, they could see he, he gets to see an angel, and the angel speaking to him. He says, The waters that you saw where the prostitute is seated are peoples and multitude and nations and language. This is the wealth of the earth and the people who possess this wealth. And 16 says this, And the ten horns that you saw... They and the beast will what? Hate the prostitute. What do you mean? The prostitute works for the beast. And now the beast is done with her? The beast is done with the prostitute? Wait a minute, you're telling me the enemy's going to use this woman until he can't use her no more? Then he's going to hate on her now. He's going to just say, you know what? I don't want nothing to do with you no more. What are you talking about? He's been, this system that the beast uses, this woman that the beast is, is, is the, John is describing, he's going to use up and just toss it to the side. Have we ever heard about somebody going through that? Yep. Someone just uses you up. Takes everything you got. You pour everything into that person. But when, they, when they're done with you, they just kick you to the side. No callback, no text, no Facebook message, no nothing. They just kick you to the side. And you are just left empty. What was I doing? I poured everything into this person. And now I've got nothing. I've got no return on my investment. And for you young people that are sitting here, I tell you what, you're going to go through that multiple times if you're not in Christ. Because you won't allow yourself to go through that mess. But watch what the enemy does. He does this to human relationships. He does it to his own woman. The enemy does this to his own woman. Watch what he says here. 16. And the ten horns that you saw, they and the beast will hate the prostitute. Meaning the nations and the devil will hate the woman. They will make her desolate. And they will make her naked. And they will devour her flesh and burn her up with fire. They betray this woman. He betrays this woman. But Christ, us being his bride, will never betray us. Amen. Christ dies for us. The beast kills her. He kills her. He uses her up. And it says, I'm done with you. Now I'm going to kill you. Because they're worshipping you, and they need to worship me, so I'm going to go ahead and kill you and get rid of you. I'm going to make you desolate. I'm going to make you naked. I'm going to make you all used up, and then I'm going to toss you to the side, and I'm going to kill you, and I'm going to throw you in the fire. That's what the enemy does. And that's what he does to the people in the music business. That's what he does to the people who are athletes. That's what he does to the people who are in, in, in the movies. He does the same thing to them. And the business, they do the same thing to them. They use them all up. As soon as they're done using them up, they're, they're better off dead because I'll make more money off them when they die. And that's the way it is with movies. That's the way it is in the music business. That's the way it is with athletes, especially the ones who are at that highest plateau. When they die, they make more money off their death than they do when they were alive. And that's what the beast does. And that's why this church is hearing the truth today. And this is what the enemy does. He betrays his own woman. And when people who are carnal, when people who don't know the truth, they betray their women too. And the woman, she betrays her man. It's the same thing. When you're not in Christ and you don't know the truth, that's why marriages always fall apart. That's why these relationships always fall apart. Because they betray one another. I get tired of you and you let me here and I'm, I'm going this way and you let me into the arms of another man and, and you let me into the arms of another woman and they betray one another and the relationship is severed. And once that trust is broken, good, pray because it's hard to get it back once it's broken. And you have to keep working and working and working to gain the trust back. Speaking to the young people today, this enemy will betray his own woman and he kills her. But Christ dies for his bride. Amen. Christ Jesus. dies for his bride. But watch this. Verse 17. Someone say, for God. For God. Has put it into their hearts. What do you mean God has put it into their hearts? It says, for God has put it into their hearts to carry out his purpose by being of one mind and handing over the royal power to the beast, until the words of God are fulfilled. Yes, amen. God is in total control of all things. He allows this to happen so that he may be glorified in the end. He allows all this stuff to happen. That means when you go through what you go through, there's a plan and a purpose for it because God in his sovereign will saves you, rescues you, redeems you, justifies you. And you have to go through the muck and mire of life, though. You have to go through all the dark valleys and everything to when you see who yourself is, you, you see who you are. And you see the power of God and its transcendent glory. And you see this. But God is in control of all things. Go back, review this text, read this, and understand about the providence and the sovereignty of Almighty God. Verse 18 then says this, And the woman that you saw is the great city that has dominion over the kings of the earth. The woman that you saw is the great city that has dominion over the kings of the earth. What is the great city? Rome. Of course, Rome. It could be Rome written here. But as this book is is applicable for us today in today's generation, this great city, our cities. And nations that rebel against God. Like Hollywood. I tell you about Los Angeles all the time. Vegas too, brother. That's another one. Especially Las Vegas. This great city which rebels against the authority of God. And are are trying to destroy God's people. They're trying to eradicate Christianity. They're trying to destroy you and I. That is the war that we're involved in. So the Armageddon, the big battle, you have your own private Armageddon because I know a lot of you are going through your own private battles. You're at home and you're going through this private battle in your own life. You're going through this very thing in your life that you need to be delivered from. And the only way that you can get delivered from this is you have to remain disciplined. You have to be disciplined. Just like athletes and soldiers. They have to be disciplined. You have to eat right. You have to sleep right. You have to be disciplined. And that is how you overcome the flesh. And you can't say you can't do it. Because we have the third person of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit living inside of us. Praise God. And I'll ask you this final question again. What is it that stirs your affections for Jesus? But what is it that robs you of those affections. Let us pray.